Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, happy Monday and welcome to the show. Whether you're watching or you're listening, thank you for tuning in as we take a second look at the weekend's one-all draw with Eddie Howe's Newcastle United. Tom's here, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, mate. Yeah, very well. Much more positive this Monday. Good, good man. Nice to see. Uh, Neil's here as well. Long time no see. How are you? That's great. Studio debut. Look at this. Fantastic. Come a long way since it used to be your kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, those were, those were great days. So we're recording this, as Neil alluded to, at the Basement Studio. It's located in the centre of Bournemouth. They cater to musicians, producers, voice actors and podcasters looking for a professional environment to record, mix and master. Their studio, where we're sat now, it offers a spacious live room with a separate vocal booth and a comfortable mixing room. And with the team here, they also provide a range of services, including the Wannabe A Star party experience, which is perfect for kids' birthdays, adult birthdays and Hindus. If you want to find out more, the link's in the description or just go to www.wannabeastar.co.uk. So, Tom, mm. last week's show was was pretty downbeat, but this <laughs> week I suppose we can focus on some positives, which is nice, isn't it? Yeah, easy football, isn't it? Easy. Yeah, no, much better, mate. Much better. It was nice to just... Yeah, being there and see a, a positive performance, a positive atmosphere, positive approach. Everything was just, it was enjoyable watching a game again. Um, so that was that was really pleasing. Hopefully we can kick on from there now. It just had a bit of fight and a bit of character, Neil. It's nice to see. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was Eddie coming back. Um, it almost seemed like the players right from the off um, were, were up an extra gear. Mm. Just, you know, we haven't seen this, I don't think, play with that sort of energy and intensity for, for months. And it was just... Uh, yeah, well, uh, hopefully it wasn't Eddie being back. Otherwise, we'll only have it for the one game. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was. You could tell straight from the off it was going to be a different game. Yeah, absolutely. And whether that performance is enough to part the Gary O'Neill conversation, look, we don't know. There's loads of comments and questions and certain things to say from you guys that have uh, responded to our tweet. So thank you very much for that. I think certainly a sustained number of performances like that is going to help keep the wall from the door in it Tom but yeah. you know that that was a great performance I thought and there were elements of Brighton that were quite good but just the defensive leakiness but we didn't have that it seems we were quite resilient in defence I thought Stevens did well Sinesi there's a number of players that yeah. we could probably pick out and where does this leave our survival hopes whilst you answer that question I'm going to put the league table on screen yeah it's yeah it's difficult when you look at it in a broader a broader point because it is only a point 
you know, so you, you, you feel really positive after because of the performance and the opposition. But it is only a point. And I think, I mean, West Ham got one against Chelsea, didn't they? Everton uh, be playing shortly. So, yeah, it's it's difficult to look at it in that. But I think, really, as it just shows that as football fans, you saw the atmosphere. And I think you just want to see something. You want something to get behind. And I alluded to it there, but it's comes from everywhere. It comes from, obviously, the players, first and foremost, but also from the people on the sideline showing that positive approach. I mean, we could have sat back again at 1-1 mm. and, and put on more defenders and like mm. we've done before, and we didn't. And I think I think I said it on the fan camps, we play another 10 minutes. We could have nicked that. It wasn't, we weren't hanging on. Um, I think Armour Tubal at the Athletic said that it was only one of our few games a season where we actually had better XG than the the opposition. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we it was just it was just much better. And I... Yeah, from a broader point of view, do I think that we'll we still got to find three teams worse than us, and we got really tough fixtures, and I don't think that a point against Newcastle and really changes my what I actually think will happen. But I think what we did see, some of the new signings, some players back from injury, we have got a good squad. I thought our bench was better than Newcastle's. I think yeah. we have got a good squad. I think we're only two teams we've got to find worse than us because Southampton. You forgot. Oh yeah, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I think that. If anything, the sad thing is, is that we're just coming into this run of nastyish fixtures, or what look on paper nastyish fixtures. So you've got Liverpool, Man City, and Arsenal coming up, three of the next four, isn't it? So, mm. on the back of a game like Newcastle, what you really want is a Southampton, yeah. an Everton, so you can build on it. Um, so, hope that's that's you know without sounding like glass half empty. That's my slight fear. It's not the greatest run of fixtures. And you think that well, the players might be mentally getting a boost, but if they're brought back down to earth with yeah. a Liverpool team that are fighting for points, with a Man City team that are looking to win the title, etc., yeah. uh, we might that we might take a battering mentally after that. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, yeah, obviously we were unlucky at Liverpool. I think their eighth was offside, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, but yeah, so we, we've, uh, <laughs> there's a potential with those three fixtures that good work could get undone with the, with the, you know, our new players coming in. Um, but, you know, if you were going to go glass half full, we've got Wolves up next who aren't, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about later. They're not, you know, not, not having the greatest season and Liverpool aren't the Liverpool of old. Um, so, you know, if you look at what Wolves did to them, uh, so there are there are chances, but you would look at it as a tough run of fixtures. Yeah, it's really tough. We're going to have to pull out a few surprises, aren't we? At the end of the day, we're going to have to pull out a result that's really unexpected in one of them games and might even have a big part to play in the title race. I think we've got City and Arsenal back-to-back, haven't yeah. we? So we're almost going to have to... Yeah, we're going to have to pull something out of nowhere. I mean, this was a surprise, a point against Newcastle, but we're going to have to beat one of the teams that we're really not expecting to beat. We need um, echoes of our... Our first Premier League season. Yeah, when we done was a Chelsea Man U back to back one. Yeah, we need to do something like that, and that was a from from Saturday's point of view, it was a positive show that we can we can hurt teams because my fear has been that will we offer enough going forward, and I think we showed we showed uh, glimpses anyway. And I think the players playing well sort of that fed the fans as well because it mm. was one of the, probably one of the best atmospheres we've had this season. Do you reckon? Do you reckon now? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. The um, I think it was a full house. Everyone was looking for Eddie. There was the added spice of Ryan Fraser, which of course. Um, What's the issue with Ryan Fraser? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I lovely guy. Yeah, played, played really well for us and everything. But no, so I think at one stage the there was a sort of lull in the first half where the game sort of settled down a little bit, and then the whole everything became about Ryan Fraser because mm. it was that they've warmed the first set of subs up. Now they've warmed the second set of subs up. Wait, he's got to be in the third set of subs. Of course, he never actually was. But um, so I think there was a number of ingredients. Night time as well. A lot of people will have been in the pub since 12. Tom certainly was, weren't you, Tom? Uh, no comment. And the, uh, So I just think when you put all that together, it was... And then, the, and the, you know, obviously the players have come out a lot recently, almost half critical of the fans. And I think mm. hopefully that's reminded the team as well that, you know, we we go there, we pay money. If you give us a performance full of blood and guts, we'll sing for ninety minutes. It's it's you know, it's not always the other way around. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> take a look at the baseline tracker table. So if oh you're listening God, to yeah. the audio pod, you probably haven't got a clue what we're talking about. But it's a point system whereby each match, it, 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 part is a home win, right. and if you lose or draw games in home matches, then you get minus, and then all this kind of stuff. If you get points on the road, it's a plus, but it equates to where you are when you're playing the other 14 we're we're nine points below where we should be as okay. our Southampton route to the bottom Nottingham Forest are on zero so and I've said in recent pods it, it feels like we're not getting points against the teams in and around us now oh, this is a difficult one because Newcastle are counted in that other 14 but, re- but really yeah. 
I think they are probably a top six side now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, difficult. I think I try, try to think why that is. I, I do think in a lot of when you're playing, trying to counteract the the fact of these tough fixtures. When you are playing these sort of teams, they're expected to win and they're going to leave gaps. And I think with our pace now, with the with the tools we bought in, mm. would probably help us in that sense on the break. I think when we played, certainly the Southampton game, I remember sticks out. That when they get the first goal and they've got something to hang on to, we really struggle then to break teams down, mm-hmm. and that's my concern. Is I think you know we'll get into the game, but the fact we scored first is is massive, absolutely massive, because you know teams have to come out a little bit, and that suits us with with the pace we got on the break. But um, yeah, that's a little bit concerned. Yeah, and like you say, we I think I tweeted it the other day. You look at the games now: the two goal lead against Leeds, Southampton at home where we just didn't turn up. West Ham was horrible as well and you think oh that's three defeats there against all teams around us so we certainly need to turn that round we have got them to play it's just as Neil alluded to with the fixtures we've got coming up we just don't want to be adrift if we're in the mix coming into them games then we've got hell of a chance we didn't beat Wolves at home because probably bad timing because it was on the back of the 9-0 from Liverpool but if you look back the way Wolves were playing at the time they were awful that day That that was a real chance missed Forest at home so you know they're they're all games that if you you would think that they they should have been 12 points and they ended up being two points and that that's the yeah. you know that that's the problem we may have as we go into the back of the season unless like Tom says mm. the players that we've got now are a different set of players and they might be better for playing on the break against better sides True. so yeah there's a there's a way to go we're not out of it by any means no, it's, it's, it. it's no it's no doubt we're down there when we're saying that we're struggling teams around us and I think have we beaten anyone that we're not really expected to beat not really either no. so we haven't got any su- real surprise no. results no. but then we also not um, so yeah it's not a not a great formula and we're just as simple as that we're going to have to surprise people and we're going to have to change that in the kind of second half aren't we as simple as that I'm trying to think who the highest upside we've beaten is uh, would so it beaten Forest Everton is it Leicester Leicester that's yeah. Really? Can't remember who the fourth side is now. It was the fourth side we beat. We've beaten four sides. That's now in the comments. I can't remember. Aston Villa, you said that? Oh, Aston oh, no, Villa. No. Well, so, yeah, so Villa, I don't know First if Villa game. are higher than Leicester, but that shows you we've not. That both of them are below mid table, aren't yeah. they? So God, that, that kind of tells you. All bottom half, yeah. One of the issues that we have is scoring goals. I think you said something that made it sound so bad, Tom. Mm. can't remember when you said it on the overlap or somewhere else. Two goals in five months or something Some, something ridiculous yeah well, we've obviously, obviously excluding the FA Cup yeah obviously since uh, Gary got the job so since the World Cup basically mm. which is obviously the same thing um, before the weekend we had scored one goal haven't we the um, the goal against Forest um, so yeah it's it's been really really and I think my concern with that more was that I don't think we really look like scoring mm. um, I think I might have said it on the last show that only one I can really remember like a decent save was Jay Nantley at Old Trafford where De Gea made a good little a good save at top corner. Apart from that, I don't think keepers have had anything to do and that was my concern. But it was a bit different on the weekend. We had some chances. Well, and having Dom Solanke back yeah. helps. He provides a focal point and mm-hmm. I'm sure it just gives the whole team a lift, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think we, str- we struggle when we had to play Kiefer Moore up front. Um, not not his fault. It's just not his game to play on his own up front. Um, a team that's looking to, you know, that's camped in their own half. I mean, he, he's just... It, it just doesn't work for him. So Dom Solanke's just ability to run channels and... And he's just his all-round physical strength. And, and I think he's a bit of a name for people to worry about. I don't think they quite worry as much about Kiefer Moore unless the ball's coming in the air in the box. And we don't tend to cross it when we play him yeah. bizarrely anyway. So, so yeah, so I think it definitely gave the whole squad a lift. And Tavernier will give the whole squad a lift when he gets back in. Because mm. I would imagine the bit that's really interesting for me is when everyone is fit, who he picks. Because mm. to me, Tavernier's got to start. Yeah. Which means one of Anthony or, or Watara doesn't start. And you think, who would you drop out of those two? Difficult. But, yeah, that is difficult. And you can see, Tom, after the game, his touch map. I think Bournemouth put it on their Twitter or something. His oh, t- Dom, yeah. He, he was yeah. everywhere. He yeah. was everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I think um, we saw it at the early signs on Traore's debut. He he is capable of getting beyond in the or really getting high up the pitch. And I think Dom's dropping off. He's going behind. I think that helped. Um, obviously, Billing used to try and do that role more. But it looks like he's going to be a little bit deeper. Mm. And yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get from Dom, don't you? Um, every time. And he just, it just felt like everything just, everything just feels a little bit more balanced when he's there. Mm. As Neil said, Kiefer Moore's a completely different player. It's not his fault. Um, but yeah, we never played to Kiefer's strengths um, and we're probably not set up to do so. And he is probably that plan B option, which, I mean, he hasn't even been that lately. He's struggling to get on the pitch. Um, but yeah, just having Dom back, I think, lifts everyone. Um, as Neil said to earlier as well, he's gonna he's gonna lift everyone. I mean, he looked a bit rusty when he come on, but I think we all know what he can do. Um, 
you know, our best kind of performance of the season were all kind of, he was a catalyst in that as well. So be interested to see where he comes in the team. But I think the positive thing is with Anthony, with Otara playing well, we don't have to force, you know what I mean, rushing back yeah. um, because we then players are performing. So yeah, it was, it was, it was much more positive, mate. And like I say, the I mentioned earlier, the subs bench is so strong and we've got players out. So, mm. you know, they're, you know, we've got the players now, we've got the squad, squad available. So got Brooks three weeks away. Mm, yeah, Brooks, yeah. Well, wind it back. Um, I was, I'd never usually, I mean, I'm usually in the pub with you, but I never go to games that early. So it was about half past one. Oh, no, sorry. Of course, it was half past five. So it would have been about four o'clock mm. where the Newcastle team coach, they had two coaches that pulled up. One the Fraser. Um, I was right at the front. Right. I was right at the front and I saw JT. I saw Eddie, Steve Purchase. Didn't see Simon Weatherstone. I expect he got snuck in. Never saw Ryan Fraser, though. <laughs> But he was one of the first people to come off, but he was almost shielded by Matt Ritchie, almost like he knew it was, knew it was coming. He's the only man alive that could be shielded by Matt Ritchie as well, isn't he? <laughs> From a height point of view, you'd think, you think he'd have gone beyond Dan Byrne, really. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it didn't quite work out the way he wanted. But, but, but yeah, he obviously knew that um, a bad reaction was coming, but obviously we were all waiting for Eddie. I almost forgot the Ryan Fraser thing, because I was just waiting for Eddie. Mm. Um, but Eddie, when he came out, was a, it was a very sort of quick wave. It's fair to say that changed at full time and um, we'll get on to that. It must have been weird for him, Neil, because I, I don't think he's ever set foot back in Dean Court since he Apparently had... he's never set foot back in the ground. I think he's been in the uh, in around Hearn and the training ground because for a little while his his son was still yeah. playing for the for the under, whatever it is, 10s, 11s or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, for, in terms of back into the stadium, I mean, and also he didn't just, he wasn't just the manager of the club, was he? He, he did, he did. He pretty much owned that stadium. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't have the deeds for it, but in, in all but name, uh, he, he he did every job at that club. He, he, you know, to have so much success and be there so long, and then never to have set foot in it since you know the day he left. It must be a really strange emotional feeling for him. It must be weird for Parker, uh, not Parker. That's a long time ago. <laughs> um, O'Neill, like just yeah. worrying yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, this guy is adored mm. and fans are going to at some point sing his name. I thought we actually did quite well in terms really of restraining well. it until full time. Mm, big time. And maybe a few applauses when they were warming up and stuff. But for O'Neill as well, it must have felt a bit strange knowing that you're probably the, you know, the the more disliked manager here. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been very interesting. I mean, it wouldn't have been nice. I'm glad it didn't happen. Less but loved, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Less loved, not more. If we had got a cut of goals down early, you know, what would have happened then? That was always my concern. So I was really pleased that that didn't happen because it could have got, it could have got a bit um, toxic in there in yeah. terms of, you know, you've got one manager that's so loved and then the other one under pressure. If we had gone, you know, I think Gary would just be, so pleased that the the lads performed so well and it, it meant that it didn't make it into a bit of a circus and it was all done perfectly for me we're giving you know obviously Fraser stick all game as we should we're cheering the boys on as we should um, players are performing as they should and then at the end of the game we you know salute our you know King Eddie and thank him and he thanked us so it was it worked perfectly I thought and yeah. I, I was concerned that it wouldn't go that way because of previous performances I thought we could be a couple down and it could get a bit nasty but fortunately I won the case yeah, well, okay. So, yeah, we've seen the teams on screen uh, already and there's a chronological look. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see what happened when and it was a, it was quite a good game to watch, actually. But the first point of note is probably the goal and once again, a Dango Watara assist. It was a corner that came in from Triore. He got that yeah. little flick. I think it was going wide. and then It was definitely Sinesi, going wide, yeah, and then but, Sinesi, but not by much. No, and then Sinesi ghosted in. Didn't ghost it, did he? He ride, he ride like a train at the back post. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the first thing to mention is Charlie seems to have a really good. It's almost like a, I hate using the analogy with James Ward Prowse because he mm. plays for Southampton, but he's he's got the exact same action that James Ward Prowse has got about getting a ball to come in at speed and dip and curve. But the corner um, itself wasn't that good because it was because it was near the near post. I mean, had a Newcastle player got that first, we'd have all been moaning. We'll be moaning, but Watara got across him well. Planned, maybe yeah. yeah. He seems and, quite good in the air, doesn't he? Yeah, well, if you look at know. some of the stuff he did at his previous club on the YouTube clips, he, mm. he got a lot of aerial goals and he flicked it on. And, and Sinesi just, I mean, he was on, he was on mark, but he was quite away. He had to make quite a dart for it. And yeah. uh, it was just a great, great moment when you come in like a bullet at the far post and then off he ran. And his knee slides go on a scale of one to up ten, there. that, that was, was up there. It was up there. It was, <laughs> it was up there. They're still probably replacing the turf as we speak. But it was, uh, yeah, he enjoyed every minute of it. Typical Argentinian, wasn't it? He was like the passion and that come out of him yeah. there. Really, yeah, really nice to see. Reminded me a bit of... um. Nat Phillips doing the old knee slide at Blackpool yeah, last yeah. season. Yeah, nice little. Yeah, also, everyone does knee slides these days, don't they? But that was that was top level knee slides. So. We had a few. Do you think that's how he did his back? Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's true. We had a few chances up that end. 
I think Solanke had a flicked header that Pope yeah. had to get down to mm. put it out for a for a corner and I, we got into some really good positions maybe we didn't get the shots away mm. that we needed to but I thought on the whole we just looked so much more creative and like I said the fans like they seemed to feed off it and it was a really good atmosphere I thought yeah, yeah. well we're not a we're like any fan base. We're not a bad fan base. We'll, you know, we ha- we have to have things happen, but that's no different to any other club. There seems to be a lot made of it at the moment. Or the fans aren't doing this. The fans aren't doing that. Mm. Both by other fans and by people within the club. But you know, we we've we've always been the same. If we don't expect a lot, we don't expect to win the league. We don't expect to even win games. But yeah. what we do expect is a bit of passion and energy. And you know, like Eddie, Eddie said, when that stadium rocks, mm. it it really rocks for the amount of people that's in it. It's tight to the pitch and. Uh, but that's all we need. We just need to see that level of commitment and people will sing for 90 minutes. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Did you see the presser that Eddie did? Yes. I thought his his answer to the question about, you know, Gary O'Neill is going to be less loved than you, I thought his answer was very good, for, you know, very Eddie. And I thought Eddie, his, you know, his like demeanour throughout the whole day I just thought was exemplary, but, yeah. I, you know, I just expected nothing less. And oh. I, didn't, I didn't see him... When we scored, I didn't see his reaction. I yeah. said on the vlog, like, I wonder if muscle memory would kick in and he would celebrate and then realise <laughs> where he was. Or, um, but then he did have reason to celebrate, just poor off time. Um, annoying time to concede. <sighs> and, and Because I'm having a beer at that point. Yeah, oh, what? So did you not, you didn't no, see No, of course I didn't see it. Oh, did you see how late it was? Yeah, did you hear it? Yes. Yeah, I heard it, check the phone, it flashed, yeah, straight away. Um, and obviously it was on in the telly. because it was straight one to concede now. Right. And I saw it. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was because... It was the amount of space that Longstaff had because mm. we, we've had we've had periods all season where we've done a lot of stupid things and we're not covered people, we're not track runs, but we really looked bang on it mm. on Saturday and we had, we hadn't done any of those and then lo and behold out of nowhere, I mean Long, Longstaff just sauntered through. We we thought it might be Billing we were yeah. saying and didn't pick him up, but we might be doing him in disservice. But it, he just he had the someone should have been he had the freedom of the park. He smashed it. Neto made a good save. Could he have? Tipped it wide or behind, mm. only he will know. And then, of course, it falls to Miguel Almiron, who I thought finished it really cleverly because I was right behind it. I thought he was going to go near post. Yeah, I it. think yeah. Neto thought he was going to go near post yeah. and he just took it a little bit and then smacked it back across him once Neto was off balance. Clever finish, but yeah. and that was that. Yeah, I watched it I watched it back and it does look like... I mean, a lot, a lot of players are, to be fair, uh, ball-watching, so to speak. They're all kind of, you know, attracted to the ball. And... Um, and Billings just, yeah, he's probably the man. And he just kind of comes off the back of him. And then what that leaves is it means Jay-Z has to come across. You know, he has to leave Almiron to, to tuck in. Otherwise, Longstaff's just going to walk through. So, yeah. And obviously, Could Jaden got back? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Well, Jaden could have at least shouted to Billing. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't, around, yeah, yeah mate, potentially. Um, but yeah, it all it all transpired from Longstaff just, just ghosting through too comfortably, really. Which was a shame because, like Neil said, we were... Coping with all of that, all game really. I think like Sir Maximum, when he's got the ball, it's. You don't you know, know what's going to happen. Exactly, he's such a live wire, and it's almost like our central defenders sort of almost magnetised to him just to close him down quickly. Mm. But he managed to get that pass away, and like I say, that shot could could have, yeah could have netted done better. Yeah, I don't know. I just think from a obviously I'm not a blooming goalkeeper. I just think from a keeper's point of view, would you look back? I'm not saying it's a glaring error, but from a keeper's point of view, would you be looking back? Will Neto be looking back? And go, I should be. I should try and tip that around the post if I can, rather than putting it into an area um, that is of potential danger. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not a mistake. It's a decent save. But yeah, I suppose it's quick reactions and stuff. But it just fell straight so nicely for him. In the stadium, I thought no. Mm. But when I've seen it Same, back yeah. since, I, I do wonder. Because in this, the, the one thing you get the impression of when you're in the stadium is he hit that really, really hard. Mm. He smashed it. Yeah. Um, and, and it came early and it came like a bullet. And Neto, you know, did well to, to get to it. When you watch it on the replay, though, it's slightly different. But. Mm. Yeah. And then in the second half, I thought I thought we were fairly good. We we had chances at times where the sh- you know the sort of final touch wasn't great. We'll talk about the chance in the last minute, of course. But mm. Tavernier came on, mm. had a shot, a bit of a p roller in the yeah, end. So it was foot. easy for Nick Pope to gather. But equally at the other end, Anthony Gordon had a, had a shot. I think his body was positioned quite difficult, so he just side footed it and it went went out of play but they got into yeah but I don't think Neto was overly worked though well I was going to say then when you said about the Gordon chance that was bad goalkeeper from Neto in the first mm-hmm. place and I think uh, we were talking about off air but I think Neto's clearly got some leadership qualities clearly a, a good goalkeeper his distribution is ridiculously good but that's two games in a row now you figure that Brighton one where he just Oof. kicks it straight to him after I just said about his distribution um 
but this one, St. Maximum, it's a poor shot. Mm. I don't know how he doesn't hold on to it. But as you said, fortunately, Gordon's um, body position wasn't in a great position. So he had to just poke it, didn't he? And it was, it was always going wide. So we got a little bit lucky on that occasion. But I think both teams in that second half will probably say it was that final bit, wasn't it? Like the build-up and then that final bit meant that there wasn't loads of goal mouth action, really, until right at the end that we'll come on to, like you say. But... I felt comfortable in the game. Like it was, yeah, it was a bit end to end. They had more of the ball because they're Ganu, but I felt like we were just as much a threat as them. So um, I wasn't screaming for the, I wasn't gutted when there was seven minutes, yeah. put it that way. And some of their play reminded me of the times when we didn't get frustrated ever with Eddie because of what he did, but there were times where, you know, with all the rotations and the, and the, on the wing and the overplaying and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you would think, are they ever, gonna, are they going to put the ball in? And it, it's quite weird because obviously we had years of going, oh, come on, put the ball in. Mm-hmm. And whereas on Saturday, it was almost like brilliant because yeah. we know that they're not going to put the ball in because they'll yeah. do another rotation mm-hmm. and another, always trying to find the perfect right angle to get it in. And I think we had it kind of well blocked off, but I guess our players trained under him for so long. They, they know that they, they knew the way and the patterns that yeah. were coming. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, because if you think about it, we've played Newcastle three times this year. Newcastle having a top four outstanding season, and in the league they've not beaten us mm. in two, you know, on two occasions. And in the cup, if Solanke had scored that goal at the end, and, you know, that would yeah. have been, it been it was one an own goal. That... It was an own goal, yeah. <laughs> so clearly, we know we know the way that Eddie Howe attacks yeah. better than anyone, and I think that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. So Gary O'Neill maybe should get a bit of credit for that, I think. But um, we're just looking at the average positions on screen now, and you can see them interchanging with the substitutions as well. And Tom, mm. this time round, Gary Neal's substitutions, you you could understand them. And bang you got on. Behind them. Yeah, bang on. Um, I was concerned, but I, did, I didn't realise Celeste was injured at one point. I just saw Mep and I thought, what's he doing? But we all, yeah, we all thought that. Yeah, but no, but it was it was quite evident in the game that the, the higher pressing, the intensity... Yeah, just like for like, wasn't it? Yeah, so just, just like for like, I, even when, you know, you could even do when uh, Dongo come off... It was Semenyo and not Christie. It would have been easier, maybe, and safer to go Christie. But you know, we kept we went Semenyo and kept with that pace and front foot approach. Which, yeah, so definitely, definitely deserves credit for that. He could have easily bought on Vinho and Christie again and tried to settle for that point. But yeah, I think we we looked at how the game was going and maybe learnt from the week before, even though it was a different game. And it was it was much better. I felt we, especially in wide areas. I was going to say I thought. Dan Byrne got to be his poorest performance of the season. A lot of Newcastle fans saying that. I thought he looked really, really bad. He and doesn't look like a left back. No, he doesn't. But he's he's like really, you know, surprised everyone with how good he's been. But he looked poor at the weekend. And Trippier, mm. I thought we kept them really quiet. You know that. So I think both wingers really stopped them fullbacks from getting involved as much. And say Maximum and Almiron were quite isolated at times. So we we done that really well. And uh, as you say, that the changes were, were perfect as well because mm-hmm. they were like for like and it just gave us a bit more intensity and it was just freshened it up a little bit. I think Dongo had ran, ran his race, for example, and it was, yeah, and when you've got them options of Tavernier, Semenyo, they're good mm-hmm. options to have. So yeah, it was bang on. He, he deserves credit for, for the change in this game, definitely. And it did keep the intensity mm-hmm. and that was exemplified by that chance just before 90 minutes where... Uh, you know, fair play to Traore for the, like the pressing that oh, was yeah. being done. Mm. That was on Burn, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 on, yeah. on Dan Burn. Uh, it, there was a loose touch here. I don't know if he was think thought that a Newcastle player was was down injured, and he sort of paused for a minute. But Traore Weird, just thought, well, the ref hadn't blown. I'm, I'm yeah, playing yeah. on, and then he puts this ball across that. Semenyo runs over. I don't know yeah. whether Solanke knew that. Mm. And then no. Dom's flick. He's he's done that many a time before. He did it at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah right. Last season, he, he's done it this season as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um, but sadly, it was. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder because I was surprised when Semenyo dummied it because I mm. thought Semenyo was going to take maybe a touch and then try and blast it across the keeper. Yeah. So he, you know, showed great awareness. But I also wonder if maybe Solanke was a bit like, oh. And then, you know, had to react at the last minute. And maybe that meant, you know, instead of positioning his body different and smashing it, he, he did the old back leg trick. Yeah. But I mean, to, I mean, I've seen a little bit of criticism for it, for it, but I just don't get it because, I mean, it took a, you know, it, it was a, you look at it, it was yeah. a millimetre from being over. And Trippier is just a very, very experienced defender. An yeah. awful lot of fullbacks would not have been in that position. He was very calm. He was very, was, very yeah, calm. He took a touch, yeah. didn't he? I didn't realise he took a touch. Yeah, yeah. He dribbled it out almost. Yeah. yeah. But it was, so, yeah, it was the, like you say, the positioning of Trippier is just Trippier all over, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, I actually, at the time, obviously I'm right behind that goal. And at the time I thought, oh, why is he flicked it? Why didn't Dom just tap? And then as you say, Neil, looking at it back, go, that is a split second. And he's just got, a, and the way he's actually manoeuvred his body to still get it nearly in is, is pretty impressive. So 
yeah, it's just oh, so close, mate. So, and even right behind it, I thought it was over the line. But yeah, Trippier does an exceptional job there. But that was, I didn't realise how late that was, actually, yeah. at the time. I didn't realise how late that was. That was, yeah. It, it would have been an incredible achievement as well because you think they've only lost once this season Newcastle mm. and that was last minute last minute at Liverpool yeah. in, in a game that shouldn't have gone on as, as long as it did so yeah it would have been a, it would have been a real major statement we were a millimetre away yeah. from from uh, from beating them if you were a Newcastle fan Tom would you be worried this form no because what's it now five draws in the last six games all aside yeah. from the cup of course but. yeah a lot of draws I think um, it's, it's amazing how quickly it can change isn't it? when they win a few they kept talking about the last time they lost it's been so long and now it's how many draws they've got yeah. um, they still haven't they've still lost one game which is impressive um, I do think that it's probably showing they're a little bit light on the on the bench, you know. Well, without... you thought our bench was stronger. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. And obviously with Bruno's suspension, obviously Callum was out, and you look at it now. Shelby's obviously gone out on loan. Chris Wood went out, and you look at their subs bench. I think there was a lad called Miley. I think it was or something. He's never been on the bench uh, like a youth player. Obviously Fraser pointless, but he's on the bench. Um, but yeah, they haven't got. You could just see that. That now when the season's getting to this point you get a few injuries you go oh is their squad quite deep enough so yeah. which is difficult from you know they're, and then Willock got injured really early didn't he mm. in the game and had to come off for Gordon so yeah I think they're just seeing that a little bit and uh, is there a, a, a tiny part of them maybe subconsciously waiting for that cup final it's around the corner yeah. well, potentially I do think that's played a part it's, 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 it has, and I think the other thing there's definitely a side in transition and um, they're they're well ahead of where oh, they should be. God, yeah. That squad so you, is punching above their weight. So you think we're talking? Everyone's talking Champions League football for them. I mean, that is a Champions League squad that's got like Sean Longstaff playing in midfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, it's it, you, you, ju- you just yeah. just look at the players. They are not. That is not a Champions League squad. And we all know it's because Eddie is brilliant at getting the most out of players. That's why they are where they are. So the danger now is the fans start getting ahead of themselves. To your point, you know why you ask the question and. A bit like Arsenal fans now will be disappointed if they don't win the league. Newcastle fans will be disappointed. They need to reflect yeah. back on, is that a Champions League squad? It isn't. Yeah. I think the yeah. Cup's going to be massive for them because I, I saw, a, uh, apologies, can't remember who it was, but one of the Newcastle fans I follow on Twitter done like some sort of poll and it was about kind of missing out on top four, coming like seventh or something, but winning the Cup or getting fourth. And they it was like 90% win the Cup. Yeah. So I think if they... It almost, I think, weirdly, I think them winning the cup might keep them top four because I feel like if they won that, the positivity, everyone would be like, "Well, we're we're happy now anyway." I think that could kick them on, but um, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tight in there because Man U are still going well, aren't they? And, and Tottenham will be there or thereabouts because of the firepower they've got. But you know, these other teams are in Europe, and after that cup final, Newcastle have literally just Eddie's done his usual, get out of the FA Cup, and they've just got um, the league. So I do think they've got elevated. I wouldn't back against them getting top four, but equally, if they just miss out, I mean, they're, they're ahead of schedule, as Neil says. Bruno Guimara is oh, so key to he's the, the way they play. Yeah, it was. I was really pleased he was suspended for because he. If, I've watched quite a bit of their football. I think we all do because yeah. Eddie, we watch their games. Yeah, he's superb and. I yep. think without him, they, that's the, the sort of world-class players they're going to need to be in the Champions League. They're signing them one by one. He's one of them, and he wasn't playing. Mm. Yeah, he definitely. He needs to hit the ground running in that Carabao Cup final. Yeah, he? exactly. I think the only the only player actually watched it, as Neil said, like watched a lot of Newcastle, watched them live. Joe Linton, I thought, was was good. I thought he, um, yeah, he's really all action, all energy in that midfield. I thought he was really good. But um, apart from that, I think you could clearly see a lot of them were below par. And as I said, Bruno is, is he keeps everything ticking, doesn't he, mm. in that midfield? And because then it's Longstaff has to adjust his role slightly because Bruno's not there, and so does Willock, and Joe Linton has to come in. So yeah, it does change a lot. And I think he is probably their main player, and he's their superstar, if you like. So they're always going to miss him, and we were fortunate to benefit off that. So it was more entertaining all round. You're looking at the uh, the shots chalkboard. Got more shots away, so that's uh, that's nice to see. Arguably, like we talked about, that last chance in the final minute. Quite interesting that uh, Don Hutchinson on his Sky commentary. I didn't pick this up until I watched the highlights. He said. The goal line technology is pretty foolproof these days. Obviously, forgot about that Aston Villa Sheffield United game. <laughs> mm. Yeah, right, it is, Don. We're also looking at the average positions as well on the screen via a heat map. Uh, but from the Newcastle side, um, one of the people that doesn't make it onto that heat map that uh, collectively produces one for Newcastle was Ryan Fraser, who we thought might be his substitute. He was. Was he going to be ever in the team? Not sure. We all thought that he was Matt, no Matt Ritchie was in at one stage. Neil, there was there was bo- I could tell there was booing. There's like oh sorry, what's going on? 
It was hilarious because I was I was on Ryan Fraser watch because right opposite the dugout. So I, I whenever the game was boring, I was like thinking surely he's going to get his little rotational run out. I did notice that he went down the tunnel twice. I think maybe they might have given him a exercise bike or a treadmill or some way of just in case. some way of warming up where he didn't have to sort of face the uh, the abuse of the fans. But no, it was hilarious because obviously Matt Ritchie similar similar heightish, I guess probably you know about. Three, three inches taller, but he 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 came out and set off, and the, the, instantly to a cacophony of boos. It was like hey, our moment has come. And my lab was sat next to me, going, "That's why are they booing? That's Matt Ritchie because little kids' eyesight is so sharp, isn't it?" So, and uh, and then sure enough, I think Matt, Matt Ritchie was like, "Guys, you know, last time I was here, we were like doing that when he was taking a corner for him, weren't we?" And uh, and then all of a sudden, the the song changed very quickly yeah. to memories of Harry Arter and him at the Valley, yeah. uh, which was a, a lovely moment. But you know it was hilarious. I thought I was absolutely laughing. It was it was funny all game. But like I said, I thought I thought he was always going to get stick. But I thought the way it was done, that kind of pantomime feel, of course. But the fact that it wasn't all about that, we still get me other boys. But he he got it when it was needed, and um, yeah, it was it, it was good fun. What was the chance Eddie Eddie warming him up? Or yeah, trying to get him to warm up. I mean, which obviously there's certain other chants that are a little bit more risque that um, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we we don't condone. But um, yeah. Um, Shame you didn't see him. Uh, we got the man of the match uh, on screen on who scored. That was Marcus Sanessi. So oh, okay. those are the team mm-hmm. ratings. But I thought defensively, I th- yeah, it, like him and Stevens, I thought brilliant. Yeah, they were, and I think that's interesting because I didn't know you were going to say that. And I think on Sky, Billing got man of the match. Mm-hmm. I think on our like the AFC form of Twitter, it was Stevens. Yeah, and then you've obviously said on who scored it's Marcus Sanessi, which is a good thing because I would even make case for Jefferson Lamar as well. So <laughs> yeah, 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 well, they were the four. They were probably the main four, but yeah. that just. I love that because that just me and and that one that anyone else was poor. There's some really yeah. good performances, but that's that's positive because it was a proper team display. But yeah, I thought the centre half pairing is that the first time they've been paired together. I think it might be Stevens and Celesi because we we were saying the other week how Mepham and Celesi have played a lot together, and then when they both got bought out, it was for Kelly and Stevens. Well, Stevens only started once before, and that was against Forest, and that was that was Kelly, wasn't I it? Can't tell you who. I think it was Kelly was Kelly back. Was back yeah. That. So yeah, they haven't started together. Yeah, and I, I was I was really impressed. I think uh, we were kind of talking a little bit before. I think Stevens is very much seems like that kind of no nonsense defender. You know what you're going to get yeah. from him, and Celeste's got a bit of that about him as well. And I think what was nice is even when he got his injury, you. I feel like I'm at a place now where I go, that's fine. Mepham's coming on. He's reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I like that we're at that place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really impressed with them. I think Lerma in particular and Billing as well really protected them well. Um, also, but um, yeah, they dealt with these out really well. Reminds me of Steve Cook. Yeah, yeah. yeah similar, similar stature, similar. Mm. I'll defend first, and then I'll worry about niceties afterwards. Uh, um, you know, because I think we were all a bit skeptical when he signed, weren't we? Particularly because Southampton fans were mm. saying yeah. you can have him. Um, but yeah. uh, and then obviously, and then when we didn't see him for so long, I thought obviously what he's demonstrating in training must be what the Southampton fans told us. And then he's played twice, and you're like. A, why, why didn't he play for us more? And B, why didn't he play for them more? Yeah. But, you know, maybe we'll find out when he, you know, over the next few games, if he, uh, he's been superb. Yeah. Do, you know what my, um, do you know what my Jack Stevens moment of the match was? Go on. Oh, yeah. oh Andy Gordon. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's that was like Mark Pugh and Cresswell. He's still sliding now, but yeah. Andy Gordon. That Love was, that. Yeah, that was brilliant. He was just typical, you know, uh, sub coming on for Newcastle and Eddie, who's probably told yeah. him to be really intense. He's just gone for it. Thinking, you know, this will get the crowd up when I block this pass and Stevens saw it coming a mile <laughs> off. So, yeah, that was a nice a nice moment. But yeah, I thought I thought them two, as I say, for, for their first game together, I thought really good partnership. Yeah. And then Mepham comes on, it didn't really change anything either. So no. that, that was really good to see. Because obviously, you know, the fact that, I mean, I was just about to say that our captain's out, but obviously Lloyd's not the captain anymore. But, yeah. you know, Lloyd being out, um, but showing yeah. that we've still got, we've still got some depth there. Um, well, Mepham's been our best centre-back this year. Absolutely, yeah. So bringing him on is not a problem. So, full time then. Um, did you need your Kleenex when Eddie went round? That was just emotional, wasn't it, man? Oh, it was, God. It was something else. It was, I, I was so sad. I was yeah. just so sad. It just brought back so many memories, I think, of so many games. They obviously choked him up as well. Oh, God, yeah. You, you, you could see that, um, that tears walk, uh, running down his face. I mean, it's unusual to have a bloke with that level of connection at a football club. Mm. Because for a start, You've got someone that's taken the club up four divisions. I think it's only Graham Taylor really that's that's properly done that before. But Graham Taylor wasn't a a Watford fan, you know. So Eddie Howe played for what played for Bournemouth, managed Bournemouth, and stood on the south end as a kid as a as a fan. So you know the, the connection for him goes back to you know probably when he was eight or nine when he first started watching the club. And I just think, you know, when you've got that level of affinity, and you you know other people that have left clubs have had 
processions on pitches. You remember Alex Ferguson when they were bringing out all the stars and he was giving speeches in the centre circle on a microphone because yeah, yeah. of COVID and because of you know the way he left. He, he never had a chance to do any of that. Mm. So to have achieved all of that with no goodbye... You know, so yeah. so it was. You know, that was the goodbye, and it was you know it lived up to the billing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was a goodbye, wasn't it? It was a, it, it was a high. It was a, it was a goodbye. It was a thank you. It was a yeah. yeah it, it seemed was, like a mutual kind of thanks, really. Eddie thanking the supporters for how great we've been to him. He said the need to him and his family and stuff, but obviously even more so us thanking him for things that we couldn't have dreamed of. I mean. Like Neil said, it goes back so much further because he was a he's a Bournemouth lad, and I think of even like my fir- my first memory as a Bournemouth fan really was '98 um, against Grimsby, which he plays in. Then I'm mascot and he's captain, yeah. so I run out with Eddie Howe, and then I think of all the good things with Bournemouth. Mm. All Eddie, Howe, everything's Eddie Howe. Everything is Eddie Howe related when it comes to Bournemouth. He's he's Mr. Bournemouth. So yeah, it was and. I was thinking when he was kind of coming around clapping, it, it was reminding me of that when we got relegated at Everton and he was on his pit on the pitch on his own and it was COVID and all that stuff and we just haven't been able to. Obviously, we saw him briefly at Newcastle up in the sky, but this just felt, yeah, it felt poignant. It, it felt really nice and um, yeah, it was just it was just a really nice moment. And as I've mentioned a few times, it just it felt like everything about the day was was perfectly done from oh, of, yeah. from the crowd and from from everyone really. Do so it was nice. It, do you think it would have been different had we won two 0 yeah, it's a, I mean, we talked about this long and hard, didn't we? It's, and we'll never know. But you could say, had Newcastle been four 0 up, I think probably thirty percent of our fans would have left. True. Yeah. Um, and I think had you know we won two or three 0 I think he would have felt really disingenuous to Newcastle fans. Yeah. To do that walk around the ground. So I think it, it was all perfectly set yeah, up yeah. that you know that a draw was the uh, was the perfect result to. To create that scenario. Yeah, definitely. Mm. definitely. We've had a few tweets in, so we're going to go through them now. You can obviously see them on screen if you're watching on YouTube. So we asked you about whether the performance has changed your views much. We'll go through a few comments and just we'll comment as we go as well. Heather says it feels much better. The new players are so good. It's more exciting to watch. Ethan said it was good to see Eddie Howe and the fans reunited. The atmosphere was electric. Michael having Don back made a massive difference. Jack Stevens continues to be solid. John Holbrook Jones says, "Can we score enough goals from the chances that we create in order to win games and stay up?" So, you know, is this too little, too late? It will be. We've got some key games left. We have to win all of them. Mm. Um, I feel a lot more confident with the players that we that we now have. My gut feel still is we might have the players, but we might not have the managerial experience. So I know it was a lot better, but we're still talking about five points out of forty-two. Mm-hmm. So if you you know if you look at that as a run, it's it's shocking. You've got to say that that might only be five points out of fifty odd. When but by the time we played Liverpool, Man, Man City, and Arsenal, so we then have a run of games where we we're literally going to have to win all of them. So yeah. the, the ones that we play from any one sort of sixth, seventh down, we're going to have to win all of them, um, and. It's a big ask. It's a real big ask, particularly because I think we haven't got that experience within the managerial setup and the coaching setup. They're all they're all good, hardworking, honest people. I would all want them to still be retained by the club. Yeah. I'm not I'm not convinced they've got they've got enough to to win all of those games. Yeah, I, I agree. I think my my concern is as as I said that we kind of need to do some surprise results because. We've got these big games coming up, but we've got such hard fixtures around the corner. And my worry is the other teams picking up little bits and bobs. If we do as expected and don't win these tough games, we could be almost cut adrift. And then these teams are going to go, well, we only need to draw with Bournemouth, really, because we've got such a gap on them. That's my concern. But, you know, it was definitely more positive. I, I do agree with the point that I worry in terms of we all saying how much more positive it was, which it was. Do I think we're going to get enough goals? I do worry about that a little bit. I do worry about that because of how good it was. How many saves did Nick Pope actually have to make? And that's all. That's been my concern all season, really. But we're getting bodies back that will certainly help with that. So we'll see. But yeah, we're just going to have to. We're going to have to surprise a few along the way. And yeah, we. The, the fact of the matter is, after Wolves, Arsenal, City, and Liverpool, we, we need to win one of them, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's very hard to see, even after that performance. So who knows? The frustrating thing for me is I don't think it's that strong a league. So we've played Newcastle twice. They're in. A, they're a top four side. I don't look at our players and think, "Oh my god, there's so much." Like yeah. I used to the, in that first season, we were in the Premier League. Most of the teams we played, you used to look at and think, "Christ, we we would battle our way to, through a, the old, you know, the, uh, the old games." But most of them looked a class above yeah. us. We played Brentford. We played Brighton recently. I think our players are as good as their players. I just don't think we're 
you know we haven't been set up or coached the right way so that's a frustrating thing for me so I don't look at it uh, any uh, other than Arsenal and Man City I don't really look at any team as thinking we haven't got a chance no. but have we got the ability to set up and do it that's yeah. the that's the worry yeah it is. Uh, Gareth commented on the great atmosphere going. Also had you Reds BH7 AFCB. Uh, really good performance. Disappointed about the final score, but he did. He's he's questioned the um, the adrenaline for the special occasion, and you know, is that what helped us put in such a good performance? I suppose the only way they can prove whether it was or wasn't is by exactly. following it up, and that's what we need a sustained. Run yeah, exactly. I think I think Neil said it earlier that we won't know until you know coming up if if everything about the whole day and the the later kickoff and all that stuff. Um, might have been part of it it probably was part of it but let's use that as a springboard now um for sure but um yeah that that might have played a played a part in it definitely but we're just gonna have to hope and see where the proof be in the pudding mate let's, let's see if we can kick on from it yeah absolutely uh, also a message from john spark saying forest and brighton were clear improvements on the dross of the games before them this was another step forward but we need to start getting those wins back on the board morgan as well said much better performance wolves is a must win game we've got colin uh, colin Byrne, who's also said uh, hope is what i was wanting and saturday's performance has given me that it's going to be tough but we showed enough fight on saturday to make me believe that you'll give it a good go and you know, that's what we want to see. That's all we want to see is just us giving it a go. I think some of us, including myself, are resigned to relegation. And someone, I think, I can't remember where, uh, where it was, they picked up on the fact that I was a, you know, a bit of a doom monger by saying that we were already relegated. But that's how I feel mm. now. So I just feel that anything else is a bonus. And that performance to me was a bonus. So mm. that's that's given me hope as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've seen relegated sides before. Then you get a feel for a relegated side, just like you get a feel for a promoted side. Promoted mm. side's you know, it's, it's often used cliche, but they win when they're not playing well. Yep. Um, relegated sides lose when they play well, and that's you know that and and because they don't take chances, and then they'll give away one stupid error every game. And they, they, you see a pattern of, you know, we've probably seen six or seven relegated sides over our time, and there just is a whiff of relegation about this season. Mm. But none of that means that that can't change. All you can comment on is what you see so far. Yeah. So if we go to Wolves, play really well the new players kick in and we score twice and win 2-0, then you would reassess that whole opinion. But mm. as it stands at the moment, you would say this has got a whiff of a relegation season about yeah. it. And that's, Be- that's bang on as well. So I was going to say that the fact that we play really well at the weekend and then one lapse of concentration yeah. for Sean Longstaff and they score because mm. that is how it is at the moment. And, you know, and we do a back heel flicker in the last minute and it's just off the line. It's just, like you say, it's all these little things yeah. do, do play a part. But yeah, we're just going to have to see how we go and hopefully we can start going, hang on, now these new players and some of these bodies are back. There's a little bit of a shift in how I'm yeah. thinking. And we also need, you know, taking it away from us, we need a team to drop in as well. We we need yeah. we need to have a few that we can pull in, which is why Wolves is even bigger, because they've got a few points lately. We need yeah, to drag right. them back in. Because yeah. at the moment, if I had to predict, I think the ones that could drop in are actually Forest. I don't think, I think when we played them, we should have beaten them. Didn't think they were very good at all. Poor um, weekend. Poor at the weekend. And I think everyone's kind of got this thing of, oh, Forest have sorted themselves out now. Yeah. I think they could get dragged in. Yeah. And then we need to hope that Leeds don't get the appointment right. Mm-hmm. Southampton continue as they're going, don't get the appointment right. Mm-hmm. That the Deutsch bounce is not as big as we're all anticipating. And then you start dragging teams in, and then you know what I mean. And then you can make it a real scrap. But lots um, and lots of moving factors. Yeah. Yeah. When you listen to all no, of that, it's bang on. There's just so many moving factors. So many. How anyone could predict, really. But yeah. but the the trajectory is that I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be be a really, really pleasant surprise. Yeah, if we stay be nice. Uh, and it's quite nice also that we created a goal that wasn't from a mistake because that, you know, I think like when Ryan Christie scored, Oh yeah, last uh, day against yeah. Burnley, that was a mistake. Oh, Burnley, sorry, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, no, sorry, against Forest, wasn't it? Was it? Was it Ryan Christie? No, Burnley. It was Burnley. Yeah, you were talking about Burnley in the cup, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's nice that we're creating chances, mm. and we created a few. Ashley's fairly optimistic, actually. He says that we need a, at least a point against Wolves. Chris said much better. Clark uh, Griswold also talked about the Wolves game. See what we can do if we play positively. Performance brings more confidence for the rest of the season for me. Said Riley. Nick Jenkins, several managers have already turned down the Leeds job. Jesse Marsh is now odds on for going down the road. Um, interesting appointment. Um, would you have gone for him for the AFC Bournemouth job if O'Neill was at any point relieved in his duties or would you not? I think we were saying this earlier, weren't we, Neil? I think I get it if it's short term in Southampton. Um, 
you know, uh, me and I were talking and it's kind of, he's got that Premier League experience so closely. He's going to be so desperate to yeah. finish above Leeds, like you said. Yeah, but let's be really clear. We were talking about him going to Southampton. Yeah, not yeah, us. Yeah, so yeah. if he went to Southampton, if you were if you were going to be, it's really hard for us to put a, like a glass half full when we're talking about Southampton. But you would say he knows the league inside out, so he hasn't got to do a bit of adapting. True, yeah. And he will bust his guts mm. to finish above Leeds. That that's goes without said. In terms of for us, I mean, it's just a personal thing. I just can't stand the bloke. So yeah. he was a complete prick when we played up there, and yeah, just he's just not. He's just not my cup of tea. No, I, I think if South, if you if he goes end up going to Southampton, I think from a Southampton fans' point of view, it it isn't one that's like you know you're buzzing about it. But I think you know it would be kind of okay short term. He's going to be so desperate to keep us in the league. But maybe if they were to go down, they, they would think, oh, then we can... But Jesse Marsh might might be thinking, I will take any job and if I don't if I don't keep you up, I'll go. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So they might just be looking at that. Because who's out there really short term? Mm-hmm. Any manager of anything about them now is going to look at Bournemouth and Southampton, for example, and go, I'll do it in the summer, but I ain't coming in yeah, now. Yeah, You're yeah. having a laugh. So they don't want yeah. relegation on no. their CV, do they? That's- so any criticism that we might have had about our board and, and you know not making the right appointment that goes back to earlier on yes. in the season and the appointments of Woodgate and Tyndall it, it goes back to all of that I think now the situation we're in now I think as other clubs are proving it isn't that easy to pull a rabbit out yeah, of that yeah. the rabbit was Sean Dyche yes. and Everton pulled that rabbit out of that they took that punt whereas other clubs didn't take that punt for whatever reason mm-hmm. and I think if you want to avoid relegation Sean Dyche is probably your best bet mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Everton done that and then I think it was Brighton with Deserby and um, obviously Wolves got, got the gaffer and I can't pronounce the bloody name mm-hmm. um, Locked that's it. Um, and they, so they, they found kind of these, these people, didn't they, with a bit of a philosophy and managed to have that pull, which maybe we yeah. don't have as much. But yeah, and then it was literally just, it was like a race to Deitch. That's what it felt yeah. like. And Everton went and went and done it. So now it's kind of a case of, is there really, a, you know, we change the manager, who the hell are we going to get now? So, Lampard, Gerard, yeah, there's oh, exactly. not people who you would particularly want to put your horse on. <laughs> no, not really. We've got RC Morgs as well, who's put, thinks it's too little, too late. He doesn't agree with all the O'Neill hate. People have taken it way too far, but I do agree he wasn't man for the job. But he could prove me wrong. Jim Smith thinks we are still going down. Two points already given away to those around us. And he says it's becoming clearer what we're trying to do now. Yeah, absolutely. Great performance, but we need a miracle to stay up, says Aging Cherry. My view is unchanged, says James, but I don't see us changing manager for the foreseeable. Stu Bramley says, much improved performance, intensity, atmosphere, but it's hard to draw too many conclusions because of the Eddie factor making it such a, such a unique occasion. And that's what I, I alluded mm-hmm. to when talking about the adrenaline that the players may have had to yeah. maybe get one over their old manager. Um, we can't really judge it based on that, can we? Yeah, we think how many players on the pitch have an affinity with Eddie Howe. It's really unusual yeah. when you get that level of affinity because obviously all of their players have and and still if you look at our 25 man squad not so many that played on Saturday but at the start of the season we were basically playing anyone that Eddie had signed Mm. Uh, obviously it's changed a bit recently but still an awful lot of our squad would have wanted to have shown him on the pitch why Mm. they were he was right to have signed them and Mm. and want to put in a good performance you know for him which I think is you know obviously he wouldn't have wanted that Mm. on that particular occasion but um, I think that that's what they were they were all busting a gut to show and it was uh, was made it special night Mm. yeah yeah it certainly did Uh, much better performance said David one swallow doesn't make a summer says Chris Jones wants to see more of that Uh, also uh, a must win at Wolves says FPL commander well he's asking the question but yeah we certainly agree with that Uh, attacking football at pace on the front foot minimal back passing says Steve Clark and it worked Richard Jackson said, us, us Bournemouth fans are pretty simple, really. All it takes is some of our better players to return and improve performance, a goal and a point, understandable tactics and substitutions from the manager and empathetic words from the hierarchy. And we're upbeat again. Bring on Wolves. And yeah, I, I noticed that. Uh, Tom, Neil Blake, mm. uh, both doing the programme notes mm. and also coming out on Twitter afterwards, not himself, but via a statement from yeah. Twitter, like... Saying about how good the atmosphere was, they're, mm. they're trying to make a connection. Yeah, uh, potentially looking at kind of what it's been like recently and trying to mend a few things and, and make it that you know a, a bit of a better connection between the two. And I think um, didn't Smithy speak um, just before the game as well? It was it almost felt like they were getting Smithy up to go and say something about kind of what it's been like at the moment, and because there has been certain levels of toxicity. Mm. Um, so yeah, but it was a, it was yeah, it was a, probably an easier weekend for them to 
come out because we did our job in the stands, the players did their job on the pitch. So it was easy to kind of use this to go, right, look, everything's all right. Let's all get behind each other and bring that. You know, we've always been successful because of that siege mentality, that back to the wall stuff. So let's try if we can to to get that again. But um, as as we keep saying, the proof will be in the pudding because it was a different occasion. Um, I do think, I do, there's something about a 5.30 as well. It does help, I yeah, think. Yeah, well, we've got a point for the yeah. non-three o'clock game. Yeah. We've got a win uh, in a non We haven't got a three o'clock home game till April. Because we've got Man City's half five. It's a good thing. And Liverpool's half 12. Day we've actually won games. What, three o'clock? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, uh, I think 5.30 is ideal kickoff time. Yeah, I love you, it. You can go out after, you can go out before. So that, that always helps, doesn't it? And it, you get the magic of a night game, particularly in the winter. Yeah. You get the magic of a night game and it's not a night game. Yeah. And, it's just, it's, it's a, and you're back at a reasonable time. You're not and you know all the results that have happened, yeah. which gives you an indication mm. of what you need to do. So it's a free hit if everyone yeah. else has lost, isn't it? So it's uh, there's a lot to be said for the five thirty kickoff. Sky Sports just need to tell of us, uh, televise yeah, us. Yeah, we just a lot win more, you in advance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so what I'll do is, I'll, <coughs> if you're watching on on YouTube, I'll scroll through a number of the remaining tweets as we go through the rest of the show. Uh, and also, myself and Tom on the next preview will be covering off a few of these questions as well. Gents, it's been it's been a pleasure mm. to have you on today. So hopefully some positivity at Wolves as your opinion on Gary O'Neill changed because tactically I thought he dealt with that relatively well, Neil. So my opinion on Gary O'Neill is is that I think he's a an excellent coach. He's he had a reputation in the game for being an excellent coach. I think being a manager is something that he will learn um or not learn. We don't know yet. He shouldn't be learning it in the elite league of British football, with so much money riding on uh, on it, and potentially our you know our, our whole club survival down the line. Mm. Um, so that's you know that's that's my opinion on Gary O'Neill. So it hasn't changed. I still think it, it, you know he's he's not the right bloke for the job. But what I would say is he's a decent bloke, mm. and you know who means well and works hard, yeah. and and you know he's not offended anyone or anything like that. So. Uh, it just it's just not the right moment for him now um, but you know if he does learn on the job happy days I'll just be I will just be surprised if he does but pleasantly surprised yeah I agree it's um I mean fortune smiling on him his first ever job in a managerial setting is in the Premier League with over 50 million spent in January for him he's he's been very fortunate in that sense and I totally agree um, did we mention it on the last one about Duncan Ferguson trying to learn the manager and he's gone to Forest Green yeah, at the yeah, bottom yeah. and it's that sort of thing you think he's obviously a good coach and maybe he wants to test himself in the managerial role which as Neil says is very different to be doing it in the Premier League is, is very strange and it doesn't normally happen so I think that's where people have been a bit uh, concerned and we'll, we'll see won't we we'll see I don't yeah I, I'm not I want to end on a positive. I'm not confident. I'm not confident if I'm honest. But it was just great to see crowd good, performance good, tactical decisions good. I felt the way to describe it was brave. I thought we were braver, and we've been the opposite of brave in my opinion since the break. So that was really positive. Um, Quick shout out to Steve's boy Ben Hensman. Ben Hensman is 13 today, so happy happy birthday, Ben. Have a good one, mate. Happy birthday, Ben. Well, it's been a pleasure, Tom, as ever. Thank you, sir. Cheers, mate. Yeah, much better. Enjoyed it, Neil. What a debut. Well, I say debut. A studio debut. For studio me. debut. I was a studio virgin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm no longer a studio virgin. Tom's taking my virginity. We'll have to get you in the um, in the Wanna Be A Star studio booth doing a pop song at some point, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of Frank Sinatra. When we get from... Sorry, when we stay up, maybe, maybe we can organise that. Thanks for coming on, Neil. No, always a pleasure. And thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this video, we'd appreciate it if you uh, share it on your socials. If you saw it via Twitter or Facebook, just give it a retweet or a share. We'd truly appreciate it. And if you're listening via the audio pod, why not tell your mates and tell them to get it on in the car? Maybe as they're travelling up to Molyneux on Saturday. Should be a big one. And uh, remember to stay tuned to the YouTube channel. Plenty more content on the way, including a preview. There's a away day thing to get out for Brighton Tom there's, there's, there's mm. lots to do in that yeah still got a lot, lot more still to get out but looking forward to it at least we're doing it this week in positive mindset yeah exactly thanks for watching or listening and we'll see you in the next one up the cherries up cheers up the cherries Richie maybe on Walker
Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.